All right, what are we talking about? Yeah. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Okay. Well, we are going to talk about Belshazzar today, very briefly. Belteshazzar. No. No. Belteshazzar is is Daniel's Babylonian name. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Grandson. Yes. It doesn't say. It says both. It does. So, I mean, if we look at historical records, it's his grandson through his mother. All right. What? Did you say grandson through his mother? Yes. How's that work? Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a mother, a daughter, yeah, who gave birth to Belshazzar. Oh, you said through his mother. I thought like his mother gave birth to like. Oh no! This is the process. No, it's so it's not like a, like if we're following the patriarchy, it wouldn't be like a true descendant, but it's. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, who's the actual guy that we're talking about? Daniel. 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 Thank you. I said Belshazzar. All right, where is he? He is in uh, the Chaldeans' place. Okay. Babylon. Yes. All right, so we've done six chapters so far. What happened in chapter one? Oh, I did not know. He got kidnapped. He got kidnapped, right? Didn't he get taken? Captivity. And him and his buddies do what once they get to Babylon? Okay. And they do they eat the food? No, no. All right. They stick to their the uh, Jewish law. All right. And they're rewarded for it. So. What happens in chapter two? Whose dream? Dream. What happens in chapter three? What? I think we all know about this. This is the fiery furnace, right? What's chapter four? Um, the he like becomes a very like weird guy. That's King Neb's. King Neb's judgment, where he becomes like a beast yeah, of the, the field. Yeah, the three dreams thing. Yes. Yeah. Right? He, he the stump, right? <laughs> yes, he's the stump. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you should put King Neb's other dream. Other. Good job. <clears throat> Alright, what happened last, not last week, chapter five? Um, uh, his Handwriting on the wall. Who comes in and takes over? story out of the book. Daniel in the lion's den. Okay, so uh, the book of Daniel is broken up into two parts. The first part, which we just went through, is Daniel's life. 
The second part is what? Not Daniel's life? His grandson's life. Mm -hmm. His son's life. Nope. Life after him? Nope. Daniel's, uh, Daniel is still the author. You know how in Wheel of Fortune sometimes they just give you the yeses? It's yes. like if you just yell Jesus out in Sunday school, you're going to be right 25% of the time. So the second half of the book is... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Prophecy. Some of it, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, I'm not sure if we'll have time to cover all of Daniel's prophecy before we finish up our series, uh, but I'm going to hit two this week. So, what is one thing we have to remember when we look at prophecy? Not necessarily. It's a legend. At the time, it hadn't happened yet. It's starting, it's telling you the I mean, future. when it was being Yes, mountains. All right. What? Yes. If you, you guys, well, maybe some of you who are new, uh, we need to think of a mountain range that's off in the that distance range. when we're, I'll well, think like the Rockies. Yes. Okay. So if you're looking at the Rocky Mountains, you're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. All right. And you're in a car driving towards them. As you drive towards them, it looks like one big range. All right. An hour later, you pass a mountain. It's out there all by itself. When you were really far away, it looked like it was just part of the range and taller than the rest. But it's not actually there. All right. So this is the way we look at prophecy. Uh, we, the people in the car, are traveling through time. And as we get closer to the range, an event in prophecy might appear. All right? Or you might see another event a little farther down the road. That doesn't mean that the person who was looking way back in time was wrong. All right? But we can just say, okay, that's an event in history that applies to that, or was from that prophecy. Here's another event, but to the guy looking from really far away, it looked like it was all just one mountain range, all just one story, all right? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we gotta keep that in mind whenever we look at prophecy in the Bible. So that's gonna apply today. Yeah, turn to chapter 7, please. Natalia, would you please read verse 1? Daniel chapter 7, verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote... 
Alright, so we talked about who Belshazzar is, right? Is he a Medan, a Persian, or is he a Babylonian? He's a Babylonian. So where in Daniel's life are we? Between chapter 4 and 5. Correct. So we're right here. Alright, so we're no longer chronological. We're going back and talking about the visions that he had throughout his life. Verse 2. What's the great sea? The sea. Nope. The Mediterranean. Yes. Okay, that's the great sea that we're talking about. Keep going. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld the head of the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the sea as an island and made columns to the sea. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. What does this sound like? Beasts. Beasts? Like a message. But destroying them. Okay. Does it sound like something we've read in Daniel before or possibly no. something that we've read elsewhere? No. No? This is very similar, in my opinion, to King Neb's dream, the first one. All right? It was. Or I thought it was about. Is this about the The kingdoms? It is about kingdoms. I thought that this dream was about the statue man. It was. It's just a different symbol for the same thing. Oh, so the beasts aren't real. It's like a message? Well, yeah. I mean, are the beasts real to, to Daniel? Is he actually seeing these things? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But. I mean, it's. it's uh, it's a vision, all right? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we have this talk. <laughs> no, he was he was laying in bed and he had the, had a vision, all right? But he 
he's having a vision to tell us something, all right? That's why it gets recorded in the Bible. So if we think about this uh, in relation to King Nebuchadnezzar's dream out of chapter 2, who is, what does the lion beast represent? The lion-like beast is Babylon. Okay. Which means the bear-like beast is... Yes. Which means... We're not there yet. The leopard... I want you to take notice that uh, the leopard has four heads. Four heads? Yeah, did you see that? He has four kings. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Just, just file it away in the back of your brain. All right? Um, and what's the last one? Rome. This terrible beast. It doesn't even give, like, a true description. It's not even something that we could describe. With, yes. And ten horns. Ten horns like the... Ten toes. <laughs> We're just doing like stock answers today. <laughs> Jesus, Ten Commandments. Don't lie. <laughs> Sin is bad. <laughs> ten horns like the ten toes of the statue. Right? Okay? That's that's a connection that we can make here. And yes, this was what, Rome? That broke into ten kingdoms? <clears throat> okay. What is that <clears throat> horn that comes out of the ten and devours three others? It's, it's got eyes and it, it speaks. Mine says it speaks pompously. Pompously. pompously yeah. Like proud and boastful. <clears throat> What is that? What is that little horn? Is it Rome? It comes off of Rome. Think Bible scholars. Nope. Is it a place or a person? It's a person. A person. Who's important? No. We're we're post Rome. Oh, Caesar. Caesar. Caesar is during Rome. In fact, I, I will say that some people used to interpret this little horn as Julius Caesar. I was right. But we know that's not right. <laughs> but that used to be an interpretation because they thought he was terrible. Napoleon? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, Napoleon is like... Us! <laughs> so what are we talking about here with this little horn? Antichrist and Satan. No, we're talking. Uh, Antichrist and Satan are different things, different beings. We are talking about the end of time with this little horn. Right? Remember our mountain. This is one big picture. All right. Obviously, these go in order, but there's a pretty big gap between Rome and, and Antichrist, right? Because Rome was 2,000 years ago plus, and 
we haven't had Antichrist yet, right? <clears throat> so this is all one big picture, but as far as actual time goes, they're pretty far apart. <clears throat> so did you guys know that the Bible talks about the Antichrist in not just Revelation? Here you go. <clears throat> the Bible, or the, the Gospels also mention it, okay? <clears throat> but this is another place, because the Bible is a cohesive unit. It all fits together. Let's keep going, verse 9 and 10. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. Who's the Ancient of Days? God. Jesus. Which? Both. No. All of them! It's God. It's specifically God the Father. Continue. <clears throat> white as snow and hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands, thousands ministered. So what is this a picture of? What are we seeing? Are you like trying to be off? I don't know. It's like 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000. Judgment day. Judgment day. All right. Yes. We are getting a peek into judgment day. How do we know? The books were opened. All right. The book of life. If your name is written in it, you're good. That's between you and Jesus. Keep going. 11 through 14. I beheld, then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning fire. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a few minutes. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days Real quick, this is how we know it's not Jesus in the Ancient of Days. Because we have the Son of Man. See how it's capitalized? Got capitalized Son of Man talking to the Ancient of Days. So it's God the Son talking to God the Father. Keep going. And it was given him, and it was given him, and it was given him dominion. Dominion and glory, a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His domination is an All right, so the Son of Man, Jesus, enters the scene and crushes the Antichrist. All right, he takes away dominion from the rest of the beasts. All right, what does that mean? He takes the power. Okay, that's close, yeah. He then sets up his own dominion. Do we know what we're talking about here? What is Daniel prophesying? Heaven. Um, no. No, he, this is where Christ comes to earth. Second coming. What's the name? What's the name? It's after Armageddon. How long? Easter. 1,000. So, 
Yeah. The Millennial Kingdom. Have you guys heard oh, yeah. that? That's when he rose from the dead. Oh. <laughs> All right. He hasn't, uh, the second coming has not happened yet. Okay. All right. That, that's what we're talking about. Second coming, crushing of Antichrist, judgment day, and then the kingdoms of man will fall away and Jesus will rule for how long? A thousand years. A thousand years yeah. Before we can go Satan is re-released oh. and there's a final Thing. And then there's a new heaven and a new earth after that. Wait, so wait, but so we work for a thousand years if we make it there? Uh, so we believe that there is a resurrection prior to the millennial kingdom. Yes. So, the, yes. So whether you die now or later, you will be a part of that. All right, <clears throat> as long as you have a relationship with Jesus. Okay, so we're talking about the millennial kingdom, and uh, you know, even though Satan is re-released, and uh, there, uh, there's something that happens, who knows? And then there's a new heaven and a new earth. This kingdom that Jesus sets up will never ever pass away. Pretty awesome. All right, uh, fifteen and sixteen. Let's see what Daniel thinks of all this. Okay, so why do you think Daniel is troubled? It's a weird way for him to be. Okay, why would you be? Alright, but I mean, it, it kind of ends pretty well, right? The Son of Man comes and he sets up a kingdom and, and that kingdom shall never ever fail. It's a pretty good ending. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I think that Daniel is also a little uh, taken aback because he doesn't understand what he just saw. You notice how he goes and has to ask somebody like what, what everything means? So this is the guy who interprets dreams for a living. He's the dream guy. And he doesn't know what this one means. All right? So I think that's part of his troubled feeling. I guess in, in uh, ancient Babylon. Daniel was that real life? That was real life. Not like now. Like now, our time. I don't know. So after, after Jesus came back, it's a little different because now you can have a direct one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. You don't need somebody to go in between. Right. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. It's your job. You gotta talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, keep going. Verse seventeen, and we'll finish at twenty-two.
I would know the truth, the truth of the Parsis, which was the best of all the others. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. All right. <clears throat> so this is Daniel still in his vision talking to somebody. He says, okay, what does all of this mean? And they kind of explain it, right? <clears throat> so we, we were on track, right? Our, our four beasts, four kingdoms. And then there's this guy who comes and wages war on God's people. <clears throat> Antichrist. <clears throat> All right. And that's, like you were saying, Phoebe, might be another reason Daniel was feeling troubled. Antichrist will come and make war against the church, against God's people, and he will be absolutely winning. All right. The only thing that will save the church in those days is when Christ comes again. So in the rest of the chapter, Daniel and whomever he's speaking to uh, kind of reinterpret the vision and go over what we've already touched on uh, with Antichrist and war with God's people. So we're going to jump to another vision now in chapter 8. Well, you can pick up reading verse 1. In the third year of reign of King Belshazzar, Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was Shushan in the palace, which is in the pro province of Alam. And I saw in the vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. You're good. Let's, let's take a quick break. Um, so where are we in Daniel's life? Well, that's part of his vision. So are we before or after the last vision? We're after, because the other one was in the first year of Belshazzar's reign. So we're about two years later. All right. So we're still right here in between chapter four and five in the timeline. Okay. And so he's standing in a citadel, a, a fortress, a palace, uh, looking at a river. And this is a Persian river. Okay, so that's, that's where he is in his vision. Uh, keep reading at verse 3. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did 
according to their understanding. So the Magi who are considering, behold, the uh, behold, a huge goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable claim between his eyes. And it came to the land and had two horns, which I had seen standing which I had seen standing before the before the before the rivers, and ran under him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with shoulder against him, and smote the ram. And brake his two horns, and there was no power in the land to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground, and spake upon him. And there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one and out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of the heavens, and they cast down some of the host, and of the stars to the ground and spake with them. He yea, he magnified himself even to the of the hosts. And by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth of the ground to the ground, and it speaking and 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 other saying said unto that certain sage which spake how long shall be the how long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be to be trodden under foot. And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. <clears throat> All right. Everybody got that? Sanctuary <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got two main characters. We've got a, a ram. Okay, so two horns, and which one is which one is greater, the first or the second? The second one. Uh, and where does he spread out? Along north, south, and west. All right, and then who's our other main character? The 
the waxed the he goat. It's, it's a male goat. The unigoat. You know what waxed means in this? Like it means he became. So like waxed great, it means he became great. <laughs> so he goat, as in a male goat, because there's not a nice term for a male. He had one horn. One great horn. No, that's a male sheep. So you got a sheep and a goat. They're both male. One horn. All right, where did he come from? We'll get there. Where did he come from? From the west. All right, and he covers the whole earth. Without touching the ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's it. It's more in relation to speed. All right. He's a fast goat. Yes. All right. Um, so then, what happens to this one horn? It's smashed, and then it becomes uh, what grows out. Four horns. Four horns. So now he has five. No, nope, the, the first horn is gone. And then out of those four horns comes what? Another horn. And this is the bad horn. This is the bad horn. No, well, well I, I'm not going to say anything. We'll get there. Uh, okay, so this one horn is pretty bad. We'll, we'll even give him, he's our third main character. A horn. All right, the one little horn. All right, so he, what does he do to the sanctuary? He ruins it. He, he desecrates it. it. All right, how long? For 10,000? No. So he, he tramples on stars? Tramples on stars? Yeah, you see that? Uh, we're looking at... Uh, Verse 9 through 14. All right, so he exalted himself as high as a prince. Uh, He gets an army and uh, tramples the truth on the ground. Um, You know, he does some pretty terrible things. He he gets rid of all the sacrifices in the the sanctuary. And how long does that last? Um, 2,300 days is what it said. All right. Does this sound like anything we've ever talked about before? No. No. Yeah. Prophecy is tough. I don't remember anything about lambs, goats, and then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ram was stuck in the bush, and then the ram was stuck in the bush, and then the ram was stuck in the bush. That's a different goat. That's a different goat. So we talked. We talked here. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the historical uh, resolution of. This prophecy, okay? So, do you know uh, who Alexander the Great is? Yeah. Right. So our goat, he was. Our goat is the Medes and the Persians. Okay? No, our ram, sorry. Our ram is the Medes and the Persians. This, the ram came first. Right? Because the Greeks followed the Persians. And there's two horns because there's the Medes and the Persians. And the second one is better because the Persians did a better job. They did. Yeah, they did. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so the ram comes and gets destroyed by our goat with one horn. So this goat is grease. And our one horn is who? It is Daniel. Alexander the Great. Alexander must have been pretty great. He made it into the Bible. Yeah, yeah. He's like called the Great. It's his name. It's like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> um, okay, so Alexander the Great. You know how he dies? Uh, he. Had, you know he conquered like the entire known world before he was 28. Yeah. I'm like 25, and I feel like a failure. <laughs> so he dies pretty young because he gets sick. Okay, so that is the, the one horn getting destroyed. All right? What happens to his kingdom? It gets divided into four parts. Four kingdoms from his... And it goes to his four generals. Okay? Uh, so this is the Mediterranean Sea. All right, this is the Peloponnesian Peninsula. Got Asia Minor. And there's that. Uh, so this is like, I don't know. this is the Nile River. Does that help you? And then we got the Red Sea. Can't see. All right. So like Israel is in this area. This is Israel right here. All right. This is Asia Minor. This is Greece. And this is Egypt. Get where you can, buddy. Okay. So these are the four areas that the kingdom gets broken into. All right. We have a Greece area. We have an Asia Minor area. We have an Egypt area. And we have the Syria, Palestine, Israel. Alright? So this works for a while. And then there's one guy who becomes king in this Israel kingdom who is. He's dead. No. no. There's one guy who's our one bad horn. It's not bad. No. 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 <laughs> but this is this this happens 400 plus years after Daniel was dead. Oh. He's predicting the future here. Oh yeah. And I'm telling you what this means. Yes. All right. So this is our one bad horn. His name is. <laughs> Satan. No. Antiochus. Antiochus. No. 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 This is the guy who desecrates the temple. Right? He comes in. He gets an army. He persecutes the Jews for like three and a half years. Uh, he stops all worship uh, of God and stops all the sacrifices. And he uh, makes them worship idols and all this terrible stuff. And uh, what is amazing is that in the original text of this book of Daniel, okay, it says 2,300 days, but it says 2,300 mornings and evenings. Oh, that's double. So that's like 4,000. No, it would be like 15. Or, yeah, 15. or 1,150. 1,150 days. If... Because every oh, day you have like, one morning and one evening. Okay, I thought it was Anyhow, 
This relates to the Jews making a morning and evening sacrifice like they have ever since Moses laid down the law. All right? So as far as the historians can figure, the Jews were unable to sacrifice uh, because of this persecution for almost exactly 1,150 days or 2,300 mornings and evenings. That's right? more than a year. It's, three, it's over three years. That's <laughs> All right. So great. This prophecy has already come to pass. We got nothing to learn, right? No. Yes. Wrong. <laughs> Setting you up. Uh, so God is going to set us straight. He's going to tell us that this has additional meaning. And he's going to use one of his most famous helpers. Uh, keep reading verse 15 and 16. Gabriel. Who's Gabriel? Gabriel. Correct. This is. We believe this is the same Gabriel. Yes. All right. Four hundred or six hundred years earlier, five hundred-ish years earlier, Gabriel is showing up here doing work, talking to Daniel. <laughs> kind of cool. <clears throat> so essentially, Gabriel says this prophecy is about the end of time. So all of this that I just told you, was that lying to you? If Gabriel says it's about the end of time, isn't it about the end of time? No. You shouldn't listen to me. You should probably listen to Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we, we have a prophecy about a near future, and we have a prophecy about a far future. Okay? That's what we have here. So, prophecy is tricky, right? We're going through the mountain range. We see things like, oh, I recognize that. Because, I mean, how else could we get, like, 2,300 mornings and evenings and have it be super exact? Like, this is great evidence for the legitimacy and historical accuracy of the Bible. But also, <clears throat> we've got something to learn. And essentially, this Antiochus, they call him the Antichrist of the Old Testament. I was right. Okay, so maybe reread at some point all of those things that Antiochus was prophesied to do and think about what you can learn about the Antichrist. <clears throat> but be careful not to extrapolate too much. Okay? Extrapolate means take the information you have and make assumptions. It's like an educated guess. Okay? So, like, a lot of people take the 2,300 days and say, oh, that must mean 2,300 years. But it says days. It does. But 2,300 years from this date or from around this time, they say 2,300 years from when the temple came back after the Babylonian captivity, which is like 1844. All right? So there are groups of people who believe that Christ returned in 1844. And has already set up his millennial kingdom and we're living in it. Yes, so that, that's the danger of misinterpreting prophecy. Specifically, it's the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Seventh-day Adventists. 
That, that's something they believe. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, all right? The trick is, <laughs> it's, it's after the Civil War, right after it's the Civil Andrew War. Let's not digress, guys. We're running out of time. We're coming up on 40 minutes. We've got to finish. All right. So the trick is you can't latch on to, oh, 2,300 days is 2,300 years, and that's what I'm going to believe. Okay? You have to take the Bible as a whole and not lose sight of what God is trying to tell us. He's trying to teach us about the end of time and, and signs to look out for. Jesus told us that no man will know the day or the hour of his return. So we, it's not like he would come out and tell us and then say something different a couple books over. All right? We can't use this to know the time. Uh, instead, we should spend our time and effort getting ready. All right? We know Antichrist is coming. We know a terrible tribulation is coming, all right? The, this guy persecuted Jews for three and a half years. It's going to be tough. But we can rest soundly if we take the time to know Jesus, do his will, and we can trust that he'll take care of all of our needs, all right? That's a couple prophecies out of Daniel. We'll do more next week.